when you can see smoke visibly and you can smell smoke, what you don't realize is 99% of the harmful stuff you can't see or smell. So even when this, the visible smoke and the odorous smoke is gone, there's still this aftermath that if, we, if we're filtering our air proactively, we can take care of this proactively. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soul Fire production. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. I'm really excited to have you here. We have not had a conversation about air quality and air purifiers, so Mm. I know you are the expert on all things. Really excited to have this conversation. And before we officially start, can you share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? I can. My name is Mike Feldstein. I got into this whole world in 2013, which started with mold removal. So standard restoration, somebody has a patch of black mold, take it away, hazardous cleanup kind of stuff. That transitioned to floods. And that whole sort of restoration umbrella. So floods, fire, mold, roof damage. Like I kind of stumbled into being in the disaster restoration space. And the cool thing was I wasn't like in one local market. I would travel around North America. So California wildfires, hurricanes in Houston, Canadian events, like all over. So I learned so much because the environment was so much different in California versus Miami versus Texas versus Toronto versus BC, like completely different. So I got to see some of the commonalities, but also factors that were different, like humidity and weather and building and construction and all that kind of stuff. And I saw firsthand in Fort McMurray, Alberta, how much the wildfire smoke was making people sick. So we can dive into that more later if seems necessary but i basically went from wildfire restoration to realizing that most residential air purifiers were really made for closets offices small rooms dust they weren't you know the air quality keeps getting worse there's more and more toxic chemicals and our awareness continues to get stronger but air purifiers have not been innovating you know water filtration is innovating rapidly there's always new better methods of water filtration you know, and food and what not to eat and what to eat more of. But air has kind of just been hanging out there on the side while we're all breathing it 17,000 times a day and not really optimizing for it. So when I saw this like huge problem that it seemed underserved and because we had really industrial grade equipment from cleaning up fires, flood, mold, etc., I got to see the difference between you know, a Dyson or a Honeywell or a Air Doctor or a Molecule and what we we were using for floods, fire, mold. And it was like pickup trucks and golf carts. And I wanted to create the SUV. And yeah, so I, I spent several years trying to develop the best air purifier, the one that I wanted for myself and my family. And I thought I was going to be able to make a whole home one that would go into the furnace and be really effective. 
it wasn't the silver bullet I wanted it to be. So I'm now firmly a believer of portable for air purification. So I spent a while, about three, four years developing the best air purifier for wildfire smoke specifically. The plan was let's create the world's best air purifier for wildfire smoke and not just regular wildfire smoke, but think like 5,000 homes burnt and 8,000 cars and factories and all the chemicals in your garage. So it's like if we make an air purifier for the most hazardous situation, it's going to be excellent for everyday life. Then COVID hit and we ended up stumbling into being the the air purifier for doctors and dentists and helping medical offices and schools and gyms get back to business. Long story short, people with breathing issues started to take note of them and inquire and the businesses would educate people to explain what they're doing to make their business the cleanest, healthiest, safest place possible. And then over the last couple of years, we've transitioned and become an air filtration company that serves primarily families as opposed to businesses, which is awesome because it was really annoying and so not my calling selling to businesses. So basically my last decade has gone from cleaning up toxic environmental messes and consulting on air quality to creating the product that I wish existed before. Amazing. That's a, you must have such a, just like your story of being in the wildfires and all of the restoration, like you must have seen a lot over those years and learned a lot, witnessed a lot for sure. So recently with the wildfires in BC, I'm curious if we can just talk about that a little bit, because I know it was like one of the biggest, I believe in the past 20 years that they had experienced. And what is the detriment of that? Because now it's like past, I think people have obviously settled into this, like, oh, we're okay now, but I'm sure we're not. And there's so much to it that I'm unaware of and, you know, things that I'm not thinking about in terms of like my future health and how that situation is impacting that. So maybe we can dive into that a little bit. So remind me, where are you right now? I live just outside of Toronto. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. And that's, that's where I grew up. So that's where probably 30 or 40% of all Jaspers are in the Toronto area. That's where I was doing air testing. So there's a lot to be said also about just urban air, but the BC situation. So let's, I'm going to assume that you're talking about the Kelowna wildfires, which I actually have a house in Kelowna that got evacuated and the fire was a few hundred meters yards from our house. Right. And it's been really cool because everybody who had Jaspers in their home doesn't have any insurance claims or smoke damage because the Jaspers were able to keep up with the smoke in the home to prevent significant smoke damage, which was the first big fire in the last few years that really battle tested the harshest of conditions. So I'll start by saying when you look at like the weather and they're like air quality advisory today, the number that they talk about is called PM 2.5. That's the particulate matter. That could be smoke, that could be dust, pollen, mold. It's like physical particles. And those are the ones that are small enough to enter our lungs, enter our bloodstream. They're not the only thing that's harmful, but they're kind of like the ones that we measure the most and kind of point our finger at has air quality broadly. There's VOCs and there's carbon dioxide and there's a lot of other things, but PM 2.5 is a big one. So if an average home, it's five right now in here, and five to 10 is pretty normal for the PM 2.5 in a home. 
when you see really toxic wildfire smoke, it can be 250, 300, 400. And what people don't realize, because there's like 60, 70 days a year, often in, in a bad smoke year, whether it's all the way from Los Angeles to Vancouver, the whole West Coast, right. and even inland, where they're like, stay inside. The air quality is really poor today. It's a smoky day. Stay inside, kids. You know, no recess outside. Stay inside. What people don't realize is when it's a 250 or 350 outside, it's still a 150 inside. And that's like the biggest, craziest thing. You don't realize because relative to outside, right. it's a little less bad. Of course. So the analogy that kind of brings it home for anyone who's ever had s'mores and sat by a campfire, you don't smell the smoke till you go inside or take a shower and you're like, whoa, I stink like smoke. Yes. You don't realize, you don't smell smoke when you're at the campfire. It might be burning your eyes, but you're not really recognizing because you're immersed in the environment. And we don't realize it, but our homes aren't these secret bubbles. They're more outside than we think. So the air outside is also the air inside unless we do something about it. So with the fires in BC, a lot of people had extensive smoke damage. And when you look at, when you can see smoke visibly and you can smell smoke, what you don't realize is 99% of the harmful stuff you can't see or smell. That's just the stuff you can see and smell. So if you have a situation where you smell smoke, I've never seen a home, even like Toronto, for example, early June, a lot of smoke in Toronto that blew through from the Quebec fires in Northern Ontario and all that. If we took a sample of your bedding, of your carpet, of your insulation, it's going to absolutely be positive for all kinds of stuff because the smoke comes and it absorbs into all of the porous organic materials. So like I said, clothing, carpets, bedding, mattresses, couches, anything that gets wet, right? Not your wood, not your hardwood floor, not your tiles, but anything that's porous absorbs that stuff. So even when this, the visible smoke and the odorous smoke is gone, there's still this aftermath that if, we, if we're filtering our air proactively, we can take care of this proactively. But if we're not filtering our air, we have to now clean all of our surfaces, clean all the clothes. And I would have never known this if I didn't used to do wild, toxic wildfire cleanup where we had to lab test all the stuff of the home and clean it and test it and clean it and test it. So in BC, outside of what people could see and smell, the real problem is what you can't see and you can't smell. And that's why whether you have air sensors or air purifiers that sense the air, it's good because this can see and smell what, what our human bodies can't. Right. It's kind of like water. You could theoretically go to a, a pond, fill it up with tap water, and it could look clear. But if we tested it for bacteria, this water is far from clean. There's millions of living organisms that you don't want in you. It might even taste okay. Right. So you weren't able to detect with your biosensors on your tongue with taste or with smell that that water is, you know, or radioactive water. Like we can't always detect it. So with the smoke, which decade by decade is 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 growing homes weren't built for these types of environments homes were built roof over our head not that long ago walls to keep the wind out keep the rain out keep the predators out keep the bugs out a place to sleep a place to cook and then in the 70s the energy efficiency movement kind of started and we started making our homes super tight so now we lock everything in so the air comes in the smoke the pollen the mold all of it but it can't get out And smoke is really no different. So what I've seen working with a lot of 
having relationships with doctors. Whenever there's wildfire smoke, pediatricians are busier, pulmonologists are way busier. It's just another irritant that exasperates symptoms, asthma, allergies. I have psoriasis on my elbows and knees. And if I'm in a smoke environment, it flares up like crazy. It's just another like trigger that causes an event similar to mold, honestly, or any other allergen or eating bad food. The smoke irritates people. So that's kind of like a broad overview of some of the stuff I've learned. Okay, amazing. So when you say home, what is really the most important room in our home to be filtering the air? Should should we have multiple air filters? Like what does that look like? It's always a hard conversation for me to have because I used to be the air quality consultant and the disaster cleanup guy where insurance companies were paying for everything and it's quite uncomfortable for me now being on the side of the solution because I feel like I'm put in a significant position of bias. Right. So I like to like frame all the options. So whenever I talk about air cleaning stuff, I talk about the $20 DIY option all the way up to the crazy thousands of dollars because that's the range that exists in, in, you could go to a cheap restaurant, you could buy a cheap car. Right. And for some people, they just need a sedan to get around town and there's nothing wrong with that. Totally. Others want a minivan. So I always like to kind of like frame the category at large. But your question was about the room. Mm -hmm. I believe by far the most important room is the bedroom by orders of magnitude because it's essentially a guarantee you're roughly going to spend, give or take, a third of your life in your bedroom. Your bedroom, the beautiful thing about bedrooms is they're not that big. So... It's an area that the smaller a room is, the more you can control the environment in that room. And three things keep us alive, food. I mean, there's more, but the things that we need to intake every day, food, water, and air. And we don't get any food or water when we sleep. So you literally have this eight-hour window of time where the only thing keeping you alive is air. I like to call it sleep fuel because it's the only thing fueling our sleep and our existence through those eight hours. And I've had the privilege of being able to see a lot of transformations in people who went from having maybe mold, maybe pollen, maybe uh, environmental sensitivities, and a lot of allergies, and especially outdoor allergies were impacting people. And you would think what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That applies to so much. But it doesn't apply, you know, with boxers or UFC, if you get knocked out, you're more susceptible. It's easier. It's a weaker chin. You're more susceptible to being knocked out. What I've learned with mold and allergens and environmental sensitivities, the more exposures you have, the more your body whoops your ass Mm -hmm. because your sensitivity is on high alert. So I think about those eight hours, my sleep sanctuary, where this is when I want my muscles to repair, my memories to consolidate, my body to heal. And If my body is in an environment where it's breathing in mold, dust mites, virus, bacteria, pollen, chemicals, cooking particulate, my body's still in defense mode. It never really gets to enter like recovery and rest mode. And I've seen in a lot of people when they can create that environment to dial in the environment in their bedroom, next thing you know, when they go outside, they're okay because they, they have like this amount of bandwidth that they can handle from these toxins. But when they have a super clean environment in the bedroom, it actually increases their bandwidth to be able to tolerate more exposure when they get out into the world. So that's a really big one. Because like, let's say you put an air purifier in your living room and in your kitchen. And 
Like if we have a spectrum from good, better, best, good is any air purifier in your bedroom, right? This isn't black and white, filtered air, or not filtered air. Right. If we're talking about water, you could get a Brita. You could put it in your fridge. It's going to be like 40, 50 bucks, maybe a $15 filter a few times a year. Right. And you're in the game. It's not the best water filter. It's not dealing with your your shower water, your bathing water, your hand washing water, all that. But you're in the game. That's kind of level one or, you know, a water bottle that filters it. Right. Then there's like the Jolie, which is an awesome shower head that filters water and it looks good doing it at the point of use. So there's point of use filters like reverse osmosis. Jolie is great for shower heads. And then you also have whole home water filtration systems. Right. Some are for chlorine. Some are for other heavy metals. Some are for hard water. And air filtration is no different. So, right, like a little unit in your bedroom is the entry point. You could have a bigger, better unit in your bedroom. But then the opposite end of the spectrum would be like a whole home air filtration system. And has someone who tried to develop the best system possible, doing it in the HVAC system was really ineffective. I so badly wanted it to work. It didn't work because a few things. Number one, it was quite loud. Number two... When your furnace fan is not running, which is hopefully a lot of the time, it's not filtering your air at all. You also can't focus your cleaning efforts. So your the corner of your basement where nobody ever goes is getting as much filtration as your baby's bedroom. So I prefer to have a decentralized system, large units. This is why we've designed it this way, to be able to spread them out throughout a home. So best would be a large air purifier with no EMF, where the light goes off at night. I used to hate duct taping my air purifiers to <laughs> get the bet. little light out. I never even thought about the EMF. So good point on that. So we were testing an app. Now we got rid of Bluetooth and we got rid of Wi-Fi. Like let's not, no apps, no Wi-Fi, no Bluetooth. Like let's not clutter your life with more stuff. For let's sure. just make something simple that works. So yeah, air filtration kind of like, I think about it the same way I do water filtration. So you could start with the Brita, but for those who want the best and they want the water softener and they want the chlorination and they they want to have whole home water filtration that's because they're like i want perfect water everywhere so if somebody wants like you know instead of some people might want 30 percent clean air and that's good enough for where they're at other people might want 95 to 99 percent filtered air so in my home i have one jasper per bedroom so one in each little girl's room one in our bedroom and one in the living room I probably could even have two in the living room, but we have one and that one's designed to handle cooking particulate because cooking is a crazy source of air pollution. So if you tackle your bedrooms and then your common area, that's best. And that's kind of like the whole spectrum that exists, but the low hanging fruit is the bedroom. And I will make one more note that clean air, there's two elements. You want fresh air and you want clean air. So what like no air purifier can make oxygen and it cannot filter carbon dioxide out of the air. Right. So you need to get fresh air. So my wife and I, when we lived in Kelowna, we had a house with baseboards because Kelowna used to not ever get cold or didn't, sorry, didn't get that hot. Right. So nobody had air conditioners. So baseboards were perfect. The CO2 in our bedroom would go from 600 to 3,500 at night. Doors closed no ventilation. Whoa. I was mouth breathing at the time. I bet. <laughs> and we would create so much CO2. I was sleeping 10 hours a night and waking up exhausted. Wow. 
And the simple fix was I left our ensuite. I had the Jasper for some white noise. So I, I opened the ensuite door to the bathroom and I left the bathroom fan running all night. And that was enough to keep the CO2 under 900. It was literally life-changing. So it's just like the clean air, you also want ventilation. We also had a really quiet range hood. So like fan speed one on our range hood was pretty low. So let's say we're having like the kids having a birthday or we're hosting a dinner and there's 20 people in the home. Mm -hmm. CO2 can go from like 700 to thousands when you're hosting. That's why all of a sudden you want to go outside for fresh air. You never yes. want to go outside for fresh air when it's just you and the family. Right. But when you have more air breathers in there stealing all that oxygen, all of a sudden you're, you're wanting a fresh air. And the CO2 can stay high for three or four days. So whenever, uh, like a low-hanging fruit, if you ever hosting at your home, Unless it's the winter, I always recommend purging the CO2 after. Open all the doors and windows for 15 minutes, dump that CO2. So there's like these little things that because I've been very air aware and I track air, a lot of the things are a bathroom fan, a range hood on fan speed one, open the doors. It's like these little things. Yeah, there's my long-winded answer. No, that's a great answer. We keep our windows open as much as we possibly can. I mean... Sure, we do run an air conditioner, but when there's an opportunity to turn that off, and even in the winter time, we are sleeping with windows open, and it's cool, and and you know can get pretty cold for sure. But I notice a massive difference with just that little bit of you know cracked window open. I sleep way better. Those are some really great tips because I wanted to ask you, you know, like for people who don't have an air purifier. What do you do? How can you improve the environment in your home? Like, what are these simple tips? So you just shared some really great ones. So some of them are, you know, there's source and then there's solutions, right? And we need to kind of like, it's like, do I, you know, contaminate myself and then detox? So like, where, where do you, do we filter the air or do we remove the contaminants? It's kind of always a, a right. harmonious battle of both. For and sure. to me, I've noticed, and I know a lot of biohacker folks in my life, I think the main thing is like, don't overstress at all and just do your best because sometimes the people I've seen get the most sick. They're so stressed that they didn't get their cold plunge in and then their red light <laughs> therapy and then their sauna and then their two meditation sessions and then the journal. Right. And I've been there. I've been there. And I'm like, when I saw someone stressing out about missing their second flow tank of the day, I'm like, whoa. The first flows tank didn't didn't do it. <laughs> so I like to bring some, I'm pretty serious about health and wellness and living a clean life, but also bringing like a little bit of humor to it because sure. we're going to like kale and spinach are out these days. So I have a really hard time keeping up on what's working. I find it exhausting. So I try to just take a very first principles approach to everything. So like we know you know, the Lysols and the Cloroxes are, and especially you are going to have a quite an informed audience compared to the general population or they wouldn't be here. Right. So generally all that basic stuff, like a little bit, try to be conscious. You know, if, if the dishwasher pucks don't work, you're going to make a decision that works for you. You know, you want to find the stuff that is healthy for you and has some level of effectiveness because that's important too. So and like, it's always based on budget and needs. So like if somebody, a lot of Jasper customers get recommended by like oncologists and detox doctors, it's like if somebody has cancer and they're on a detox protocol, as Dr. Pompa says, you can't detox 
your body if you don't detox your house. So you could be detoxing your body like crazy, but if you're sleeping and existing in a in a toxic structure, it's going to really be counterproductive to the detox that you're trying to accomplish. So on the air side, if those personally though, even though it's been very difficult for me to like not feel biased or anything, I think investing in air filtration to me is a no-brainer, especially if you live if you live in a city or in an area with high humidity and mold or in Arizona where there's a lot of mold and dust or in a wildfire zone. It's like, where isn't that these days? Unless you're living on like Vancouver Island in the rainforest, air filtration is paramount. So like the cheapest thing someone could do would be Google DIY air purifier. And it's like a few furnace filters and a box fan. And honestly, they work. They work pretty good. Right. Downside, loud and ugly. Right. So we try to solve the problem of making something that's super effective, quiet, and pretty because we realize that this is not just when there's fires and mold and we can bust out our big, loud, ugly machine and clean it and go away. This is something, the source for air, your home is not going to, it's always going to be bringing air in from the outside. So, and you're at the mercy of your, when I, I track my air like crazy, if the neighbor is barbecuing, it spikes. If a neighbor is doing a renovation product and their contractor is on the driveway and they're cutting two by fours, mm-hmm. it can go crazy. And it doesn't go out as easy as it came in. So it's like kind of nonstop, you know, when they're salting the roads in the winter, the pollen from the allergies. It could be someone down the street might have an older home and be doing asbestos abatement and venting it out one of their windows. Like right. when you live in a, in a city and in the confines of others, you're sort of at the mercy, your next door neighbor. I had a lady last night I was talking to, both her neighbors on both sides of her house are smokers and it just is destroying her. And so with her, it's like a bunch of Jaspers, but also an ERV system that pulls the fresh air in from the side of the house where the smokers aren't Mm -hmm. to try to like do everything that she can. So it's like that scale of urgency, right? If one has an asthmatic child or a kid with breathing issues, then all of a sudden budget goes out the door. You got to do what you got to do. For sure. And to me, clean air and clean water is table stakes. People spend a million dollars on a home to get a starter home and 150000 to furnish it. And for fifteen grand, which you only got to do once, your house is decked out with clean air and clean water. So like before I moved to eating better food, which I do, like breathing clean air and drinking filtered water is the laziest way to be healthy. So right. why not at, like at least do that? And when someone breaks it down to like the cost of ownership over years, it's like a little over a dollar or two a day to have your home has a, a sanctuary. So I believe that to those who can afford it and, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, like if you're healthy and you sleep better and you have more energy, you're going to make more money. Each moment is going to be, you know, like going to the gym, it doesn't take an hour of your time. It gives you like a day of energy. So I very much look at clean air and clean water in that same area. So yeah, I, th- I think lowering, find the low hanging fruit in terms of some products not to buy. There's a million, you know, there's that, there's a really good website that tells you all the the products that are toxic. I'm sure you oh, know about that. Yeah, I know what you're Think talking Dirty about. maybe? 
Yeah, yes. I think it's called for like dirty or you mean for like makeup products and beauty care and household cleaning products where you can like scan the barcode and it will tell you like the rating. Yes, the Think Dirty app. So all that is awesome because now there's less source. Like this Jasper, my wife used to have a like a a regular hair product that she thought was fine. It was really good for her curly hair. But anytime she would shower, every Jasper in the house would go nuts. Mm -hmm. So we realized the hot water is being aerosolized with that chemical and boom. Or when the dishwasher would go off, you know, when the dishwasher's on, you can smell it. You can only smell those chemicals because those are chemicals you're smelling. As someone who has a one and a half and a three-year-old daughter, I'm very attuned to the nursery phase of life. Of course. And everybody, like a really passionate topic for me is these diaper genies. So we had a diaper genie. Mm -hmm. And I told Rachel, I'm like, we go into Arya's room. I know we have the box, but it still kind of smells like poo in here. I'm not sure about this. I don't think it's airtight because it smells still. Right. So I was like, "I, I think... You should maybe just like take the diapers directly outside. She's like, oh, that'd be super annoying. Right. I'm like, okay. So how about tonight we put the diaper genie in our bedroom? I'm going to sleep on the couch or in the spare room. You <laughs> could, but uh, let's put the diaper genie in our bedroom tonight and see what it feels like to sleep in that room. You know, our, our six-month daughter at the time couldn't communicate it to us. Right. And Rachel's like, hell no, I'm not sleeping in that room. So we, you know, it kind of like dawned on her if I wouldn't sleep in this room. Right. If you're smelling the poop and the poop is filled with bacteria is just a toxic breeding ground. Crazy. So like this is a case where I'd say Jasper, no brainer for pregnancy and for new babies. Like that's a time when the stakes are so high yeah. that you don't want to. And everyone's worried about baby proofing from like a corner and bumping your head and touching a plug and things that might happen. But what's for sure happening is your baby's breathing. So all those little toys that are off-gassing VOCs and that grow mold inside and all the furniture and all the paint. So I think filtering air for young children and babies is a no-brainer. But like in this case, the source isn't just chemicals, it's it's diapers. So I think That's people crazy. should learn to trust. Sorry. Yeah, no. it is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. There's just so many things to think about. Like I never would have even thought about. But go on. What were you going to say? You think that people need to trust... Instead of being like, to me at least, instead of being over consumed by trying to read all the things, which I try to stay informed as well, I like to trust my biosensors. You know, with food, it's how I feel. With air and water, if the water, if I go to a restaurant, I take a sip of tap water and it tastes really bad, I won't drink it. Like I've learned to trust my taste. Right. And I remember for my first 20 years on this planet or so, We didn't really like, I didn't realize tap water tasted gross Hmm. until I started drinking filtered water. And then you go back to tap, you're like, "Ah, I'm not sure about this water. (laughs) It's really chemically and air is the same. So I I literally ship a Jasper anytime I go to a hotel because A, I've tested hotel rooms. But if I sleep in an, if, if one night, like if our power goes out and I'm like trying to go to sleep, I'm like, it's hard to breathe in here. Like once you get used to cleaner air, you realize how dirty almost all air is, especially in cities. So I think something so fascinating is our our human bodies and the biosensors that we don't give our, you know, we talk about the five senses in school and all that, but I think there's a much deeper level to it. So if you think about it, like we look at the weather to tell us what the number is to tell us how we should feel outside. But when you go outside, you could probably guess within one or two degrees every day what the temperature is with just your skin sensors. Like, you know, 
you can factor the wind, you can use your barometric sensors and calibrate for the wind and have a pretty good guess what the temperature is right now. If you go to the desert or it's the winter in Toronto, you know when it feels dry. You feel it in your throat, you feel it on your skin, you feel like you're drying out. If you go to a rainforest or it's a rainstorm, you feel humidity. So guess what? You have a relative humidity sensor. Going back to my favorite poo example, if you closed your eyes and we blindfolded you and we tied your eyes behind the back and we put like a garbage or something that stinks in the corner of a room, you'd be able to find it blindfolded through your, you know, your sense of smell isn't just binary. Like you literally can detect the air currents and find the source. It's kind of like when you hear about how does the shark smell the blood, you know, miles away or the bear. It's because there's water currents and air currents are almost the exact same. So these air currents are making them like our body can literally figure out where that stuff is. And I can go into a home and instantly tell you if the CO2 is high or low. I can tell you if the mold is high or low. When I like I've tested so many homes and it's like almost the, all the testing stuff is just f- to further explain, but within 5 minutes I could just walk in and know because I've like calibrated my sensors against lab data for sure. that I now know what if you smell moldy, musty, dampy stuff, it's because there's for, almost for sure mold. Right. That feeling when you're like, I need to go outside for fresh air. And you go outside. Ah, well, that's not fresh air. That's just the regular air. Right. You just put yourself in a little plastic bubble. And in the Western world, we literally have vapor barriers. We basically wrap our house in saran wrap and we live in a plastic bag. So it's a little hard to breathe in the plastic bag. That's why you feel good when you open windows. It's not like fresh air is this like amazing thing often that fresh air is not that fresh after all compared to your ziploc bag of air it's awesome so when you just start to realize when you start to like trust your senses of does it smell chemically does it feel too humid does it feel too dry we're so good with temperature like if you're trying to sleep at night or do anything if it's too hot too cold it immediately hits your comfort Mm -hmm. i'm now like for me, it's all of the above. If it's CO2, if it's mold, if it's humidity, I've now like expanded that. I'll feel very uncomfortable if any of the, even if VOCs are high, even the stuff you can't smell, like when you learn to trust those additional senses, you can detect that stuff. So same with the sense of taste. Like if someone's having a hard time sleeping, but they go camping and they sleep great, what do you think's going on here? Is it the EMF? Maybe. But like when you just kind of like, trust yourself to notice if things feel off and like kind of let your intuition lead you. I find that for me, that's if something smells funny, it's because you're breathing that thing. Something tastes funny. It's because you're eating or drinking that thing. So if it smells fishy, it's probably fishy is kind of the way I think about it. And it's actually decreased my stress level around the overall topic because I'm not trying to read everything. I'm just trying to trust my own senses. A quick interruption to chat about the Align and Lead Business Mentorship Program. If you're feeling called to work with myself and my team and you're ready for that high-level support, we would love to coach and support you inside this nine-month business mentorship container. In nine months, we are going to teach you the tried, the true, and the tested strategies that work when it comes to building and scaling your online business. So whether you are brand new and you're just starting out online, or maybe you're a couple of years in and you feel like you're spinning your wheels, throwing spaghetti at the wall, and you just don't really have a strategy and a plan in place or clarity, we are here to bring that to you. 
We're going to teach you how to do lead generation, content creation, copywriting, create your signature program, launch webinars, set up your funnels. And trust me, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be overwhelming or scary. I know a lot of us get overwhelmed with the tech, but good news, my tech team is here to support you. They're going to help set up your funnels for you. They're going to look over your content creation and your copywriting, and you're going to get a ton of accountability, support, and feedback. We would love to chat with you and welcome you into our mentorship program. And if you're feeling called and ready to dive in, head on over to samanthagladish.com forward slash mentorship. You can click the link on that page to book in a complimentary call with me, and we can chat in more detail to see if the program is the right fit for you. Again, that link is samanthagladish.com forward slash mentorship. Fascinating. I could just listen to you talk all day and I think you need to come over and smell my house. (laughs) Well, you said you're in Toronto or near Toronto, right? Yeah, I live in, I live just outside of Toronto about 40, 45 minutes. So which direction? So I live in Waterdown. Do you know, like near Burlington? I do. Okay. Yeah. So we're like by the Bruce Trail. And so there's a lot more nature around us, which is great. We used to live in a condo in Mississauga, 27 floors in the sky. Oh my God. And it was crazy. The construction in the area, all the EMFs, just, you know, over time, I started to really feel it in my body. And it was such a massive difference getting out of the condo and moving into a house. Nice. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. So I'm... Sure. I mean, there's probably all kinds of things in the house you mentioned, like dust and mold, and there's all sorts of things, you know, pet dander. Like, what are all the things that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, I definitely want to talk about pets. I mean, we have two cats and a dog, so I can only imagine how they're impacting our air quality. Let's talk. Does your dog sleep in your bed too? No. Nice. Yeah. Often they do. No, she does Um, not. Although, our one cat does sleep in our bed. Yeah. Because if she doesn't, then the other cat is fighting with her all night and keeping us awake. So we have to separate them. Either way, either way, there's something. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about pets let's do and it. their impact on air quality. And in terms of your home, Justin from Air Quality Canada, that's a Toronto-based business. I can uh, give Justin a shout after we're done chatting today and he can come by your house and do a little like. I've been really fascinated lately with changing the conversation about mold from not do I have mold or not, Mm -hmm. but how much mold do I have and what species and not all molds are bad. It's there. It's like it's inside. It's outside. It's just a thing that we kind of like live with much like pollen. So anyway, we can have Justin come to your house and and create some content to share with your audience around like you, you are going to be way better than the general population at having a clean house and a healthy environment. So it makes for a perfect case study. And then we can do like a fun test where Justin will like test the air quality in your bedroom. Then he'll plug in a Jasper for an hour and then test it again. And you'll see that it's like 95% cleaner. My favorite thing ever is when you do that, then when you walk out of your bedroom to the main house, all of a sudden, the house feels a little uh, not so clean. I bet. So I bet. We will, we, we will make that happen. Oh, my God. That would be so interesting. And, you know, the one thing that I think about is, so our house is, I don't know, 15 years old maybe. So we, we weren't the original owners. And there's carpet in three of the bedrooms upstairs, which 
we so regret not taking it out. And so that's, you know, those are the things that I think about, like this carpet has been here for so long, like so many different, you know, two different families, three different families have gone through living in this home. And they're all still living in that carpet. Yes. And that's the stuff that freaks me out. And then even though, you know, we have animals and sure we vacuum all the time, but I know it's not enough. So we've actually been debating about ripping it out this year. So it's a good segue to pets. Yes. So yeah, carpets are one of those things. They they provide benefits when your kid hits their head. Mm-hmm. They provide comfort and coziness to a room and warmth. So there are many things to love about carpets. But yeah, with carpets, of course, we have all the VOCs, we have the adhesives, and then we have the fact that they're like sponges. So I'm a huge advocate of HEPA vacuums, which I is a tool we used in, in restoration world. So it's like a, basically an air purifier with a hose on the end. So mm. most vacuums, they pick it up one side and they shoot out, shoot the small stuff at the other end. Right. A HEPA vacuum captures everything. Also, I, I always believe people should get their ducts cleaned at least every second year. And a really good protocol is like get your ducts cleaned and get your carpet steam cleaned. But very quickly you realize that like getting your carpet steam cleaned every couple of years is actually more expensive than just ripping them out and putting in the floor that you want. Totally. <laughs> so pets are, and carpets though also, they're all about like just if you disturb them. So if I test the air an, an inch above a carpet, it won't be a big deal. If I smack it or walk on it, then I'm kind of disturbing things. Right. So pets, let's start with cats and then we'll move to dogs. So cats, a lot of people think they're allergic to cats and it's a misdiagnosis. They're not allergic to cats. They're actually allergic to cat litter. So anyone who uses that clumping, dusty cat litter, go look at the ingredients or the MSDS sheet in your Arm & Hammer cat litter and it's not a pretty sight. And you realize because you see it create a cloud, like if I have air sensors in a 4,000 square foot house and kitty's using the litter box, little cloud, within a few minutes, in the entire home, I can see the air quality spike because your HVAC system spreads it all around. So, but however, if you switch to wheat-based or grass pellet-based, you now don't have an air problem, but you have a huge tracking of litter problem. Yes. So they make like these <laughs> these mats that are like eggshells. So hopefully by like step six, most of it fell behind. I do think I prefer that. So with cats, yeah, obviously you know, some cats have more allergens than other. And this stuff's all like allergen stuff. Some people are going to have zero problems with cats, just like some people are going to have no problems with peanuts. And then somebody else is going to be, have a really rough time. What is fun is when we had two cats and I had several air purifiers, it was like, how many Jaspers do I need till the most (laughs) allergic person can come over and be okay? Oh, that's interesting. And like, Four had it so there was very, very, very minor symptoms, but we were able to really address that. Dogs, I find are, especially the thing about cats though is often they're indoor. So their fur only has so much exposure to contaminants. I mean, brushing them is definitely great and having some air filtration is awesome. And then if you're low allergen stuff like Siberian cats, dogs are fascinating to me because if I told you, like, who would take a blanket, go outside, drag it on the road, then drag it up on a tree, along the grass, maybe a little bit on another dog's butt, the side of another dog, and then bring it home and, like, shake it out on their bed. Right. You'd be like, what? I'm not sleeping in that bed tonight. But I'm like, but you do that every single day with your dog. With your dog. 
So, I mean, I guess I hope that the man best friend uh, stress relieving love part counteracts the, the environmental thing. Dogs are awesome, but like, so the bigger the dog, the worse they are for air quality. Our dog. And also, dogs ex- massively increase humidity in a home. It is wild. Dogs are literally humidifiers. That is so interesting. Also, a big dog is like another person. So they're breathing out CO2 at a quite a rapid rate as well. Right. So like from an air quality perspective, dogs are not our friends. From a life standpoint, they are, especially if they're in our bedroom with like a closed door. Mm-hmm. If somebody is sleeping in a bedroom with a pet, like these are the people who are going to have like life-changing results from yeah, an air purifier. For sure. Because they're literally like an average bedroom has like eight. If we test the air, there's like 800,000 particles between 0.3 and 10 microns. And with pets, it's like over a million. And like, for example, my bedroom has like 7,000. So I have like 98% cleaner air. And that's just off this running on like fan speed too. A little bit of white noise. If I make it quiet, it's a little bit less effective. But yeah, so, so when you think about the dog and like, let's say it's pollen season. Well, the pollen's coming in too. For sure. And, and, ro- and like, so yeah, from a pet perspective, I always think if somebody has a pet, that's like a really good opportunity where filtering your air, it's going to be a mat. Like if you live in a city, if you have a pet, if you have smoke, if you have mold, if you have autoimmune stuff like these, we need to contain and control what we're putting inside of us. And pets are really, really, really big one. So yeah, the, the the trade-off is real. But like the cool thing is even with the pet in the bedroom, as long as you're filtering the air, that's so that's a really good example of source versus right. solution. Okay. We're not gonna remove the source. We're keeping our dog guys, mm-hmm. but we also don't want to breathe all the things that they're bringing inside that are impacting us. And some of this like environmental allergies allergy stuff, it's like death by a million or a thousand paper cuts. Like you're not like, I feel horrible, but you don't feel great. Mm. Like your energy level is not awesome. You don't feel like you're thriving. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who have these mold things that they don't know about or, or pet stuff or just whatever environmental factors, poor quality water, bad diet, you're just like, eh, like your, your baseline's not awesome. There's not that many days when you're feeling great. And then you go on a camping trip or you go for a hike when you're out in the mountains, you're like, I feel amazing. And like, it's, and often you equate that with being out of work and away from the stress of your daily life. And that very well may be true, but also you're exercising, you're breathing in fresh air, you're hiking, so you're pumping in more of it. You might be away from your pet. So when you've radically shifted your environment and you're feeling all these benefits, then you go home and you're not feeling so good. It's a good indicator that something in that home is, is dragging you down. And I would prefer to not have death by a thousand paper cuts. And because I know these are paper cuts we can't see or feel. So paper cuts is actually a pretty bad example because paper cuts really hurt. Whereas in this case, we don't feel it. We don't see it. It's just, you know, unseen, unfelt, unheard, and it's taken its toll on us. Right. So going back to your comment about you were testing how many Jaspers you needed to see the impact it would have on your friend who had the allergies to the cats. Like, what did that end up looking like? It looked like four. four. Okay. Uh, at the time, we, we had a pretty big house with really, really tall ceilings. So it was, it was a lot of air. It was like a 5,500 square foot house or something in East Gwillimbury, 45 minutes north of Toronto. It was like a farmhouse. And so it had a lot of cubic volume. Mm-hmm. And 
that was enough to help them feel like 10% the symptoms. So there was still like a, you know, yeah. it's not a hundred percent. Right. And, you know, he's still sitting on, he was still touching things and sitting on, on furniture and stuff, but we were able to go from like, I can't be in your house. I don't like, he wouldn't even come over to like, I could do this and I don't even need allergy meds. And those, to me, that's more important than any lab data or anything like a human with an environmental sensitivity. Let's still have that sensitivity in the room and see if we can make the symptom go away. To me, that's the best kind of studies and the best kind of science that there is. Yeah. Okay, I have a few more questions for you. You've mentioned air for furnace filters. Like, do they really even do anything? A little. So the problem is, I wish I could draw. I'm actually taking a drawing class right now. Nice. Um, (laughs) Three hours on Wednesdays for seven weeks. I'm just trying to get like my white belt and learning to draw because there's so many of these things that I can do my best to use my words but a little picture would help. For sure. So furnace filters generally are designed to protect the furnace, not to clean the air in the home. Mm. Because if big chunks of pet fur or debris get into the mechanical system, the motor and the fan and all that, and right and lodged in your HVAC system, big problem. They don't, nobody wants that. So generally, they were designed to keep like the big stuff out. So they help with the air a little bit, but not very much. So then there are there's a wide category of air filters, everything from a four inch cabinet filter that helps a little bit. There's electronic and ionizing air cleaners, there's UV lights, and then there's whole home filters. So UV lights, I don't like at all. I've never seen a UV light that doesn't emit some ozone. And you need a lot of contact exposure time with UV. That's why we don't have a UV in the Jasper. It'd be like a dollar for us to add it. It's not a cost consideration. It'd be annoying for the consumer to have another thing to change. Right. But the problem with UV is I like to think about UV like soap. If you wash your hands for one second, it's not doing anything. The soap and the water and the contact needs a certain amount of time to kill the bacteria. UV is the same. So UV is awesome for water filtration to prevent mold from growing in an HVAC system is okay. Like if it's there to like prevent mold from going in a system, it's fine. Or in, I I prefer it though, in like a water tank or surface cleaning, but because the air passes through the, the UV light so quickly, it doesn't have enough time to do anything. So UV, I don't like all the electronic cleaners and ionizers. A lot of them also emit ozone. So they do some good, they'll eliminate your dust, but they're going to create ozone, which can be super harmful, which California doesn't allow any ozone producing filters. Then you have the whole home big filters. Some of them are horrible because what they do is they, they create a static pressure drop. So let's say we needed like if a hundred percent of the air is going and now we've added this big filter, it's stopping a lot of airflow. So now it's not heating and cooling. Your, your HVAC furnace is working so much harder than it needs to be because the system wasn't really designed to do that. You know, if just because you put monster truck tires on your car, it doesn't mean you're ready for the rally race. <laughs> right. Like this is not a monster truck. So it actually like, it's not a good idea. Now there's some that are called bypass filters. So if this is like the furnace, it, some of the air channels around it and they have a fan they can work. They're typically like three, four, five, six thousand dollars, and they're only working when the furnace is actually working. So 
let's say it's spring and it's fall and you know you're not blasting the HVAC system all the time, you'd have to turn your furnace fan on 24 hours a day, which is you know a bit expensive and kind of annoying. So when you factor the cost, the noise, and all that stuff, I think it's the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Right. I do think though there is opportunity for a little bit of a better air filter. So we're actually working on one right now. They're going to be about $49 coming out sometime next year. So it's basically a regular furnace filter, a little bit upgraded from particulate, but we're adding a carbon layer. So it's able to help with odors, gases, VOCs, and things like that. But it's just a good old fashioned regular furnace filter, but upgraded. Anytime you put anything too extensively in, you diminish the effectiveness of your HVAC system. So what's nice about a portable system is you're not choking the main system at all. And even if my HVAC system is off, these provide additional airflow and circulation and ventilation at all times. So I'm not a big fan of large extensive systems. The one thing I do like on the HVAC level is ERVs or HRVs which is an energy recovery ventilator or a heat recovery ventilator. And basically what that does is is it allows fresh air to come into your home. It helps with humidity and it helps with CO2 and it it helps with the fresh air component in a cost-effective, energy-efficient manner. And some of them now actually have filters on them. So if you think about it, where does your house get the air from the outside? Everywhere. Like, where do you think, like, think about it. Like, it's like the windows, the doors, it's all the little cracks. That's how the air gets in. And what the ERV does is it basically creates like a straw at the side of your house. And because now the air is coming in through there, it doesn't come through all of the other leaks. So if you put a filter on there, you can actually filter out a lot before it even enters the home. So on the HVAC side, I am a fan of ERVs and things that improve ventilation. I'm also a fan of steam humidifiers not those little cheap humidifiers with a little wick that grow molds but the steam one so now you have like distilled water with a steam vapor so i love them in like arizona i love them in the winter in the north because if it's too dry air that's too dry or too moist is just as much a problem as particulate or vocs or freezing cold temperatures or boiling hot so i do like the humidifiers to add some humidity ERVs will help with dehumidification, but I don't like the whole home filters very much. Okay. That was thorough. That was really great. Thank you. It's the only speed I got is thorough. (laughs) It's awesome because it's so informative. So I want the lowdown on Jasper. If you can tell us more about it and I'm sure where it is now compared to when you first started is, you know, you've learned so much over the years. Yeah, tell us tell us more about Jasper and the benefits. Okay. So I really don't like this part, but <laughs> it's necessary to get over that. Like like, yeah, just always being on that consulting side, I always was learned to be skeptical of like mold removal companies who also do testing or, you know, the mechanic who tells you your brakes are shot right. and then that you need new brakes. But the truth is I believe in this stuff so much that it's important to talk about it. And that's why I always like to talk about all of the ranges. But with respect to Jasper, why did I make Jasper and not a cheap one? Well, there are good reasons. So we only have one product. It's called the Jasper Pro. I decided to spend the first several years on just one excellent product. Instead of creating new stuff all the time, I just wanted to make one product that works great for most applications. Where Jasper is unique, the message I got 
in 2016 when I wanted to start working on it was I wanted to be pretty like a Dyson, quiet like a Tesla, and powerful like our industrial air scrubbers that we were using for mold removal. Because we had Dysons and Molecules and Milas, and there are cute, pretty air purifiers, and I have to give it to them from the aesthetic standpoint. Right. And then there are pretty effective air purifiers, like IQ Air is pretty good. There are effective air purifiers, but some of them are loud. They're ugly. They're not smart. So you're always changing dials. And now you need other sensors to check the air because if it's high speed, it's loud. If it's quiet, it's ineffective. So I wanted something that was just kind of hiding in the shadows, blending in with the environment. And even though people care about their health, not enough to have a big, loud, ugly machine in their living room. Right. So, because that's now creating visual pollution and noise pollution. And those are also stressing our system. So I really wanted something that I would be, you know, not like star of the show shots, like very apparent, but something that would blend into all environments was important because it should be seamless. It should be effective and you should forget you have it except for every six months when you change the filters. So I wanted to create something with the performance of industrial, the quiet and the aesthetic of like a Dyson or a molecule that blends into the background but also something with really good smart sensors. So I used to be in air quality consulting. So I used our like $5,000 air sensors to test when I was evaluating factories and different um, sensors to use. I found that most air purifier sensors were not very effective. So I, crazy enough, the sensors on here are as good as stuff that like nine years ago would have been like five grand. Like the sensors are really, really accurate. They've super come down in price. So if someone starts cooking in the other room, even right now with the door shut, this guy will turn red. See, it's an 11 now. We were at a five. Right. I'm at my friend Clay's house using his podcast room. They either might have boiled some, they might be cooking. The dog might have just come back in the house, but it's gone from five to 11. So no doubt there is a change. The neighbor might be doing something. It's doubled. And 11 to five seems small, but it's still a doubling. So right. I really love the, the fact that I, I get to use this has a like during the toronto fires in june or the, the smoke in toronto people were calling saying my jasper's having issues it's red or it's orange and this was like a few days before a lot of smoke and i'm like yeah did you open your door or window lately yes leave them all shut for 20 minutes back down to green uh, it's because it was the smoke right. not enough to see or smell but enough for your jasper to detect right. and enough to harm you so we made jasper like the premium personal air purifier. So we designed it for wildfires. We cut our teeth on infection control and medical and COVID. And now it's really for people with allergies and asthma and stuff who want the best. So we're very rare and exceptional in our ability to filter the air in a large space. A lot of brands talk about the square footage that they cover. We cover 600 square foot or 1,000 or 1,500. It's really a very imperfect metric because they don't say how much, like, okay, if you cover a thousand square feet, are you making the air 20% cleaner in that thousand square feet or 90% cleaner in that thousand square feet? So a lot of brands, they, they tell you two numbers. They say this filter captures 99.9999997%. And then they say a thousand square feet or 600 or 1500. But that 99%, that means per pass. So if this is the filter. When the air passes through, it's 99%. So I could have an air purifier the size of this mason jar. This would be good for a car. In this room, it's not going to do anything. So it could still be 99%, but because the fan would be this big, it would be so small. 
it would be very ineffective for anything larger than a small sedan. Right. So Jasper's a pretty good size. So it, it has to be, if you've ever seen those big ass fans in warehouses or airports, yep. they're silent, but they're still moving so much air because the fan is so, the propellers are so large. So we took a page out of one of the scientists we were working with when we developed it was looking at propeller designs in airplanes and like what makes them most efficient because so much breakthroughs of innovation existed in other propeller designs that weren't brought back into air purifiers. And so I just, I almost didn't even launch the company. I was just figuring, you know what, like, let me just create the best air purifier for me, my friends, my family, I'll make a few hundred of them. And then I did that and then COVID happened and then it's kind of been a crazy roller coaster ever since. And now that I've seen how much it's helping people, it's just a journey that, that can't be stopped. Um, so a huge, huge, huge difference is the actual size of the filter. So our filter weighs 4.5 pounds. It's actually bigger than most air purifiers, just our filter. And a lot of other brands, their filters weigh 0.1 to 0.2, 0.3 pounds. Like the filter is almost nothing to it. So we're like 12 to 15 times. If they're 0.1 pounds and we're, we're 45 times the weight and the density and the mass of a lot of other air purifiers, like the filter itself, people look at the outside, but it's the filter and the fan and the motor that matters so much. So we used a really good motor. It's simple, really good motor, really good fan, steel body construction. They should last about 25 years. That's why we have a lifetime warranty. If it breaks, we just courier a new unit. You take the new one out, you put the old one in, we prepay to ship it back and it it doesn't cost the customer a dime. So it's been fun to do this because it puts the pressure on us to create a good product because if they break, it's very expensive for us. And because we launched in COVID, businesses can't run with, couldn't run without it. So we had to ship them and we had to create this like really good service because we had to during pandemic. So yeah, the, the big three are sort of like performance and aesthetic and just like quality of construction. And I, I guess the fourth would be service. So for bet, like all my pet peeves is basically, I just created the product I wanted. Right. And then whoever out there has the same values as me can buy it. And everybody else could buy something else. That's totally cool. So what was important to me is I needed a button where I could just turn off the light mm. because yep. I hated duct taping these things at night. <laughs> right. And a lot of air purifiers have a mode called sleep mode. But what happens when you hit sleep mode, the light turns off, but the fan speed goes to 5%. Now it's not doing anything. Right. So I like to joke, when you hit the sleep button, the only thing that you're putting to sleep is the air purifier. It's not really working. You bought it for your bedroom to work. And a huge percent of Jasper customers really enjoy white noise. So a lot of people go fan speed two, light off. That's a really like common setting. But on fan speed one, Jasper is still moving more air than most cheap air purifiers on their loudest speed because of that big ass fan effect. So our fan and filter is large. So even if somebody prefers complete silence at night, this can be totally silent and move more air than a really loud fan. So I wanted no EMF. I wanted super quiet. And the only time Jasper gets loud is if it detects something and it needs to get loud. That's when you want it to get loud. For sure. So if you're cooking, you're going to notice it like clean, like a lot of things spike it. Ours probably spikes five or six times a week. 
And I've done a lot of studies with like incense. So if I light incense in our living room, it could be 12 to 16 hours until the air quality gets back to baseline. And with Jasper, especially actually if I use a match and I light the match for two minutes, it could be eight to 10 hours to get back to like baseline. With Jasper, it's one minute. Like the difference between filtering the air and not filtering is so huge. It's really quite remarkable. So yeah, aesthetics matter so much. I didn't know they would. So I just kind of created something that was pretty and powerful. And for those who it's it's right for, awesome. And for those who it's not right for, I would still rather know that people are either cracking their window, building their DIY right. box, or, or getting something. And um, one brand in particular called the Air Doctor, which is not a bad product, but something that I really don't like about the way it's presented is they get a lot of their influencers to show the filter and like, look how dirty this is. Right. It's all, look how much I didn't breathe this month. Well, that's because your filter is like super tiny, not dense at all. So it gets clogged up really quickly. This is a, this is a bug, not a feature. Mm-hmm. So if we take the Jasper and it's HEPA, they both filter well, and we dump it out and send it to a lab, we're able to go six months plus well, with capturing stuff and still working effectively because when it's clogged up, it's not doing anything. So they just have that, you know, it's kind of like a, a flat, thin filter. When you're a cylindrical filter with deep pleats, our surface area is dozens and dozens of times more. So that little trick of look how dirty I am, look what I didn't breathe right. is really a marketing gimmick, uh, which is designed to make it look at all the stuff you didn't breathe. But that's not a good thing. That just shows that the filter didn't last very long and you're constantly having to clean it and clean it and clean it. And whenever you clean a filter and you vacuum it, those pleats are super sensitive. So when you vacuum a filter, you're damaging the filter every single time you're pulling on it. Those fibers are being pulled apart. They're being sucked into the vacuum. So you clean it. And now if you look at that, that, that purifier under a microscope, you continue to damage it and it's less effective and it's less effective. So I don't know if this was intentional or just kind of how it happened with the influencers, but I don't really, it's neat how sometimes what's the right thing to do is sometimes like UV light was something so many customers wanted during COVID. And I had to explain, guys, let's do a study where we take two rooms, UV and no UV, it doesn't do anything. It just creates ozone. And I'm not willing to create a, a gimmicky feature to get more sales and customers. I believe over the long term, sticking to fundamentals and sticking to basics and being honest is going to is going to win out. So that's kind of this is the simplest product ever. There's not much fancy about it. It's just kind of simple and basic and it works. So there's my Jasper pitch. <laughs> it was a great pitch. That was really really great. Thank you so much Mike. Like that was so informative. I learned so much and I just can't wait for people to listen to this episode. And What'd we- you learn? Oh my God, my dog. I can't stop thinking about your comment that you said about taking the blanket outside and <laughs> rubbing it against the grass and another dog's butt. And oh my God, just things like that. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to get rid of my dog, but maybe I'm going to brush her more frequently. Yeah. Hepavac. Yes. <laughs> Hepavac. If you have recommendations for that, I definitely want to look into that. So thank you. That was so great. And I know we have a coupon code set up for our audience, which is fantastic. If everybody wants to head on over to... And Black Friday's coming pretty oh, soon. I'm not right. sure when you're going to announce it, yes. but I can create you uh, a super extra special code. Jasper's wow. not a very 
discounty brand because I don't want people to buy it just because they felt like impulsive. So we do do discounts situationally, but the price being what it is, is actually, I would love to make the price half. Unfortunately, if the price was half, we wouldn't be able to have lifetime warranties and incredible service and support. So, but with that said, I am going to be creating some new codes for Black Friday season. Amazing. Okay. So if you're listening to this, we do have a coupon code that is for $200 off the Jasper and that's wellness. We'll see what we can cook up before then. Yeah. And that's (laughs) wellness, Witch. so by all means, but if you want to wait (laughs) and perhaps we may have another code. So yeah. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate your time. And thank you everyone for tuning in and being here with us. That was great, Mike. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with me today. If there's anybody that you know that can benefit from today's episode, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet left us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. I'll connect with you next week.